I'm your host, Andrew Norris, and thank you for being here. This week, my guest is Stephen Teller. Stephen is a mainly a muralist, but also a, a painter on canvas as well. And in this episode, he goes deep on the process of making a mural in terms of just how to set up, mock up, and complete a mural from start to finish the way that he does it. Uh, everybody does it a little bit differently, I'm coming to find. We go deep on that subject, talk about procuring a wall to paint on, which has many iterations in it. We also talk about how Stephen came up through the festival art world and his background going to art school. And then we talk a little bit about the work itself. And I bring up some screen share action to take a look at his work on Instagram. That video will be available for every Patreon subscriber to check out. Speaking of Patreon, have a new subscriber this week. My 30th patron, getting close to 200 bucks a month here. My 30th patron is Joyce Rainbow. You can find Joyce and her lovely artwork at Joyce Rainbow Art on Instagram. So thank you, Joyce. Big shouts to you. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast with a little bit of finances for as low as four bucks a month or $48 a year, you can join the ranks of people who are helping keep this project going. And I want to thank all my patrons. And I want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to help out, but don't feel inclined to open your wallet, give us a little share. Share it with your friends directly. I think that's the best way. Send them a message with a link to either Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Wherever you listen, wherever you think they listen. And just say, hey, hey friend, I really like this episode of RTAF. I know that you're creative. I know that you're a little weird. I think that you would like it too. Otherwise, just happy to have you here. And enough babbling from me. Let's get into this episode with Steven Steven. Steven Teller, we finally did it, dude. We're finally uh, recording. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for being here, man. Um, we just went through about <laughs> 25 minutes of getting situated with the bandwidth and the sound. And, well, I'll just say that it's, it's very important to be comfortable. And I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for being patient with all that. And oh, man. Uh, absolutely stoked to have you. Um, stoked to be here. Thank you. Yeah, of course, dude. So we're gonna go buy the books today, and I wanna um, wanna kind of just ask you about your story because I don't know about it. I think we met maybe three years ago at the first time I went to Halloween. Um. But we never like really sat down and chilled and talked about uh, about life and art and stuff. So I guess the first question I'll, I'll pose to you is, what was the seed of you wanting to be a painter? And you can go as far back into childhood as is necessary. Down to the seed. Yeah, yeah, down to the seed. 
Uh, we're talking about seeds and growth. That's solid. Um, it's a good metaphor. Um, basically, um, started like really young. I can't even really remember um, any specific moment that like art and the masters and the painters of, you know, society have were like there in my house as paintings. Um, my grandmother was a painter. Nice. So I kind of like grew up all the time with her um, paintings around the house, going to her house and her drawings and paintings were up on the wall. So it was like something that was like normal, like epic portraits. Um, you know, I don't have anything up like right directly here, but like epic portraits and drawings and figurative stuff that was always like there. Um, and also my mom was, um, <clears throat> she was an art history major. Nice. So she just like, taught me about Van Gogh and um, Degas. Monet was like her favorite painting. She did like a, her master, like her, um, her last, her thesis was on um, one of his paintings. Um, should know the name, don't. Um, but it's just like things like that, I think were always there. Um, it wasn't like, it was like, I grew up into this like life of art. I think that it was just like part of their lives, like focusing on art, going to museums, Mm -hmm. uh, my parent, you know, my dad was also a designer, so he, or I mean, a designer and um, a, a contractor. So he basically, you know, started out being a contractor in New York and was um, kind of like grew into like these gigantic um, epic homes. So I think like seeing that, I like saw creative ideas start from like an idea into like a building. Mm -hmm. I realized that later that those were all like things that were kind of always there, um, in my early life. So, um, I think that art was always there, but then it wasn't a major focus until I got a little bit older. Um, you know, I knew all the master painters. Um, I knew all that stuff. Um, I kind of just like messed around with it, you know, but I like to play sports and baseball and mm -hmm. surfed and go to the beach. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, so, um, I kind of like grew up with a lot of different like creative things. We were skateboarding, building ramps out of scraps and nice. being super mischievous and like coming up with crazy ways to like play the newest level of ding dong ditch to like, the, <laughs> yeah, just we, it was always like a competition of like, who could think of the next craziest thing. So yeah, I think like my group of friends too, we were very on that level of that kind of stuff too. Um, just like skateboarding, pushing those levels. And so, I think in high school, a couple of things like happen at a, or maybe more like middle school, a couple of things happen at a, like a few different kind of like levels at the same time. One was, um, my neighbor who is, um, Christian Jacksimer first earth. Oh, really? Um, you guys grew up yeah, together he, like that? Yeah. He grew up across the street from me. Oh, dope. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, an amazing person to like have as like, I was best friends with his younger brother, Bobby. Uh -huh. So, and um, he has another brother, older brother, Evan. So my sister and we were like, you know, we had a park in front of our house. So it was like football games and all kinds of, they were building ramps. It was me and Bobby, but it, you know, they're playing video games and we're always like super inspirational and just like everything that was happening in their lives. Um, but he was started to get really into his art um 
And then he went to Savannah College of Art and Design. But I just like watched him evolve as an artist. And I was in that ripe age of like 12 and 13 where I was like thinking about like a little bit of purpose and stuff like that. And we always just wanted to find the next coolest thing to do. So like when I saw that, I was like, whoa, how are you? You're drawing this thing out of your head. Like what is, you know, that first moment where I had seen like N.T. Escher drawings and I had seen these things where I was like, oh, my God, that's like you're doing what those guys could do. Mm -hmm. You know, like these people that my mom always like introduced me to early on. Yeah. And so like, I was just like blown away. I was like, oh, what the, like, what the fuck, dude? Um, <laughs> and I remember that was super inspirational. So I think I started drawing like right then a lot more, just kind of like doodles and actually funny, like a lot of these shapes that I like repeat now, um, I think subconsciously that maybe happened. But um, then um, also I got, I got kicked out of school um, in sixth grade for uh, yeah, maybe something I might not say on the podcast, but um, being just, too rad, <laughs> being too rad, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Being a little bit, yeah, it was a little early for whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> well, realistically, it's a great story, so I think it's actually great to share. Um, um, we got we got like in trouble. Somebody got somebody had like weed in school and it kind of like went around and it was like this whole story that whatever. But so anyways, mm -hmm. it was a terrible thing that happened in the moment, but like I went to this next um, school that I had a professor who, or a teacher there who um, the next school that I went to was um, this, um, this professor named um, Feldy, um, Alan Feldmesser. And he's a guy who I've been like just great friends with, since um but he like he introduced me to like the band fish he introduced me to, to like drawing and like how to really start to hone in and so they had a great program there so like that fuck up turned into like something good because right when i was ready to receive it he was there to like guide me so that's awesome i kind of like quit playing sports and quit doing a lot of stuff and basically just started focusing heavily on my art um Cause I could kind of like see a glimpse in the veil, like things started to happen um, mm -hmm. fast. So that was huge meeting, having that guy um, basically all the way through high school. And I was like wanting to do like architecture and, you know, it was like planted in my head that I had to like get a, find a job thing. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. For industrial design. I was like, Oh, I could do yachts. And like, it's, mm -hmm. it was always about that. But I think later in high school, I started to kind of like break through on those thoughts and stuff and, exploring you know a little bit more around florida and kind of like just experiencing new things to where i was kind of like realizing that things were possible to just kind of like follow your own path so totally um i went to scad and um uh, that was really huge tell for, people what scad is for those who might not yeah so yeah savannah college of art and design in savannah georgia mm -hmm. um which uh you know a lot of good people were, you know, that you've actually had on the podcast totally. um, have gone there. Yeah. I'd say probably Chris Bolin. Yep. Um, Emily Kell. Yep. Um, I guess I, maybe I'd have to go down the list to see if there's anybody else. But, I'm, I'm trying to um, rack my brain right now too. Um, yeah. Either way, um, that was like another just like kind of path in that direction. And my grandmother, who was like a painter, yeah. we were like connecting heavy at that point on, um, and I don't want to leave my other grandmother out, actually. Let me just reference her real quick. Yeah, yeah. She is majorly influence, influential also. She was a Rockette, 
Um, so like at like a young age, so she was just like on Broadway and in like, you know, doing advertisements and doing stuff like that and was like super proud of it and confident. Hell yeah. You know, and was like, I did this. And so like that has always like rubbed off on me, I think. Cause she was just like, I'm she's like, I'm rad. She was the first one on the dance floor at every wedding and stuff like that. So um majorly helpful there. But um and you know, so the both of them actually pushed me a lot into going to SCAD. And I kind of had one professor there who was um I had a lot of professors who were influential, but I met one guy who was a painter who was able to communicate things to me that took my work to like another level. Yeah. Um, that it hadn't gotten to in all of those kind of like years of almost diving in and wanting to be able to get to like that sort of realism and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, there was definitely a lot of like these little like written moments. Like, and then like I kind of convinced myself of it as like with my grandmother. And it's like, I have to do this. She told me it's going to be, you know, so it's like a pressure, but like a, it's all good, man. It's like, just stick with that. She said, you're going to be epic. So just like, you're going to be epic. So just try to stick, you know, it's with, cause there's tons of those moments where you're like, especially even pursuing going to school for art and, and you know, in general mm-hmm. and like, so it's, there's lots of moments you got to just trust in that, uh, faith. I kind of went for like a long moment there. So I don't know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can jump in. Uh, yeah, there's a, a few things that, uh, that are, might be good to drill down into a little bit. Like, first of all, the, the whole confidence thing. Um, well, actually let's back up. Let's back up. The fact that you sort of had these realizations when you were still in at first in middle school, and then in high school, and then it like sort of started to reveal itself, your interest for art and what might be there. And the, the fact that you grew up across the street from uh, Christian, another artist in our scene, um, First Earth, for people who don't know. Um, it's all these, all these little events and situations always fascinate me because they kind of, like if if you are a, a stream of water, it's like the the ground in which you're flowing over, right? And and to have that sort of realization dawn on you at that young age, I think is I mean it's pretty special. It seems like you were almost born to be an artist too. With like your grandmother was a painter, mom was art historian, dad was a designer. Um. Yeah, that's. I, I just want to highlight that that whole thing because you you still could have possibly just gotten really into skateboarding, or really into surfing, or really into like playing pranks or something. You know, like just doing mischievous. All those shit. things are actually still in the back of my mind. <laughs> yeah. I still want to do every one of those things. I'm like, ooh, I, I can go surfing one day. for the rest of my life. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, totally. Um, yeah, dude, I think environment is key for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what you're talking about is like synchronicities and like 100%. how those things like line up and, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to like, I think sometimes it's easier to like look back at it and like create that storyline. Yeah. Um, but that's also sometimes like you have to 
take the step back and like look at it and be like, how did you get here? You know, like how are, you know, how are these experiences lining up? And honestly, yeah, I think like I live a lot of my life on those like synchronicity moments where you're like, you know, the best, I just thought of like the funniest one that like, where you have these little moments of like, you say something and like, it's on the TV next to you, you know, at the same time, you're like, ah, that's when you're like making those good decisions and you're following your gut and you're like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going with that. And like, so it'll reassure you. But like my favorite one I've ever done is I was in California. I was like traveling around and I was like driving into San Francisco and I'm listening to Grateful Dead, just classic Casey Jones. And I was like, Casey Jones, you better watch your, and it's like, police things like your speed 56 miles an hour is like oh shit oh, slow down and i was like ah but like you know those you notice yeah, yeah. that it's like the words just get filled in 100%. those are definitely like yeah i vibe on that like 100 percent to get that's how i keep like faith in like what i'm doing yeah because you got to find like that confidence and you got to find some things to where it's like you boost yourself up there's only like so much thought like so many places you can get to like mentally Mm-hmm. Um, just like on your own, you got to feed it, dude. You got to feed it with like all sorts of stuff, reading and proper like rest and time away and you yeah, know, yeah. just giving the, giving yourself the fuel. So it's like, um, yeah, man, that's, it's, it's a big part of it, but belief, believing in, in what you're doing is, is the hardest part too, because I think we all get lost in like the question of like, what is my art and like, what am I doing? And yeah. Yeah, so I think that ends up like that's like the, one of the hardest things for, I think, young artists and people like trying to find what they're doing is like, you know, that you could like look at styles and like, you know, there's so many, so many ways that people do things. And I think that um, it's like a tough thing for a lot of painters, too, is like just finding your path. But then like looking back at your storyline and like seeing like where you how you got where you are is like a you know, that's when you can like see it properly, then it like you start to make the work about it and all those things start to come together. It's a very abstract way of no, that I'm talking about here, I, but I, I but, get it. Yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah. um, the, yeah, the, you know, we're all, we're really good at telling ourselves stories, right. And the more you can draw from in your own story, the more rich I think your art will be. And, I also wanted to talk about uh, the confidence thing that you mentioned with your grandmother, who is a rockette, which, I mean, I think you and I are about the same age. So that would like make her kind of like, you know, it's sort of groundbreaking for a woman to be in show business back in those days, I feel like. And yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I do think that a lot of, I think that there are some, really really great artists out there who just have trouble with confidence or like putting themselves out there so i think that that's like you know it's like the whole being afraid of people watching you or sort of getting anxious about bearing your soul through your art and it's just super important to find confidence wherever you can. And I think that that what you were saying, like having a story that you can look back on and notice all these moments of synchronicity can actually like fuel you a little more and like really solidify 
your purpose. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there can be like some pressure in that, you know, it's like not easy to do, but it's really important to like take those steps back and like work on that kind of stuff mentally to like take the path to look at, you know, what, what went on and how, how did you get to where you are and stuff. Um, but, um, I was going to go back to something you said at the beginning was just like, there are moments where, um, like having confidence is good, but also not like, it doesn't, you don't have to like, you know, you're an artist, you're listening to this. You don't have to be like, Oh, I know what I want to do and everything like that. You know, I read a lot of books that are just like talking about like, you know, there's one thing about going, you know, going out and getting your art out into the world too soon is like a lot of things can happen is like, you may not have developed into the place you're supposed to yet. Um, so you may get shot down, you may get widely accepted. And sometimes that might not be good either. Cause you might have not developed into the place that, you know, you were supposed to get to or can get to, right. um, which I think is, it's a, that's a, you know, side discussion is like, I think that's happening a lot in the NFT thing right now with certain things, mm -hmm. but that's a whole nother thing. But, um, you know, so like honing your skills is like a huge thing. You don't know what you want to paint. You don't know, you know, you don't know what you want to do. Just make stuff, just make a shitload of work, you know, like a ridiculously terrible amount of work. Um, so that like you start to see those little glimpses because like not everything's going to be good. Like not everything I design now is like, I go through a design and I'm like, wow, it's like every other one I do is like, one's good. One's okay. One's really good, pushes the limits. And one's like, you know, I backtrack and go in these little cycles. So mm -hmm. you have to like make a bunch of stuff and then like look at it from, you know, walk away. And like, what's your first opinion when you see that, you know, those canvases, like, what does that look like? And you're like, ah, I like this like square inch right here and like run with that, you know? And then like themes happen and you start to roll and you just like, it's not you, man. Like, it's like, you're the vessel, you know, that goes back to this, like, um, like a Ted talk with like Elizabeth Gilbert that talks about the elusive creative genius and how like, you're just, you know, you're basically back in the day, like Romans and Greeks, like you thought that like the genius was like a part of you, you know, that you're right. there. So it rolls through you. And I think like she says, like in the Renaissance, they start to like, you know, um, attribute it more to the artist. Like he's a genius. So that's like, that's pressure on you, like walk in and do it. So and be able to like snap your fingers and boom, make magic. Um, that's definitely not how it is. Like, you know, you have to like get in tune with like when you create the best by creating a lot, you're like, Oh, I noticed I work better when I do it like this. I mean, you know, if I have waves for a week that are like amazing, you know, I'm actually pointing behind me. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm in St. Augustine, I'm close to the beach. So mm -hmm. but, like, if there's like waves for a week and I'm all fueled up with like the things that I know, like get me just stoked on life. Um, I like go and I design and I'm like, design like five minutes. And it's like the best thing I made. And I'm like, you know, it's all about just seeing how you flow the best and fueling it up. Um, yeah, it's, it's the hardest thing to do, but like the more you, the more you just like focus on what you're doing it takes time man. It takes years and years and years, but you like see eventually you're like, damn, I work really well in that position. And then you see it happen again. So like, you know, create those scenarios that, like set you up for the most success and Absolutely. then develop that. Then the confidence will come through that. I think it's like, just ex explore. Yeah. Trust that you're going to trust that you're going to just get somewhere and then just like 
then everything's chill. Like, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. I think that that's what you were saying is true, that that's kind of the life around making the art is also a process, right? And you have to go out and experience it and then bring it home, sort of transmute it onto the canvas or transcribe it into words or music. And finding your flow is, for me at least, has been actually the most difficult thing because the art, after you do it long enough, you sort of just know how to do it. But it's a, it's, it is a lot about just feeling good and like when it comes easy and frequently and you're in that flow, I mean, you know, like getting situated, like to, to throw it back to before we, we even <laughs> yeah, started okay. today, we just, we had to get situated and now everything is actually like happening. It makes it a lot easier because, you know, people aren't going to be interested in this, but whatever. I can't hear myself echoing through your speaker and like everything's nice and tight and it's yeah. how you want it. And like setting up the situation for the art to happen, you don't force it, right? You're not like, oh, I'm, I'm going to like just impose my will and put out all these paintings and make people buy them. No, it's like you sort of just cultivate a situation or an environment where that can actually flourish. Um, yeah, my heart started beating just when you started saying that because that shit will drive you nuts, dude. Yeah. Trying to like, you know, every painting you make, like there's a big pressure, I think, in like, you know, talking to like the festival scene. I think yeah. that there's like this big pressure to follow like this model that people are kind of creative, like you have your canvases, you have your prints and like every painting you do, you make a print of, and you know, so people are starting to do a lot more like limited editions and mm -hmm. build out on all these different kinds of products and new kinds of things. But I think that there's like very much a model that kind of people follow and I'm not knocking it in any way. I'm not even saying, you know, there's anything bad, but I think that it's a, I think a lot of our, you know, our listeners are kind of like, um, not necessarily, I don't know why I say the festival scene, but, um, I mean, I think, um, a, a lot of the artists that are kind of like, um, have started there and at least, you know, it's that kind, um, minded, um, audience. But, um, I think it's like important to like, just find your own path of what it's going to work with, you know? Yeah. What are you interested in? There's, you know, there's the style and there's, um, those influences are like good to draw from, but like, you know, it's not, not a pressure. It's just like those fun questions of like, ask yourself like a basic questionnaire. If it's like, you know, you know, yeah. where, what, what's one of my favorite things to do, man? Like what's just things like that is just, it's so overlooked, but like you just analyze those basics and it starts to really like, I agree. Yeah, you see it clearly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think that anytime you have like kind of a, a group think situation, you can get sort of uh, stuck in a rut of like how to do things or, uh, you know, taste and aesthetic. And sometimes, you know, what you think might be your taste might be completely influenced by the people who you surround yourself with. And even, even like you were saying, like 
how to do things. Um, it just, it's just always a good practice to like question your assumptions and, and look around and see it. Do I like this or am I just trying to fit in? You know, I think that that's, that's Absolutely. a very good point. And I think that was a big part in my success actually was like, I, if I, my story of like kind of where we were starting with yeah. was like, I kind of stopped when I was talking about SCAD and Savannah and right. um, we should jump back in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually the evolution is like a perfect, we're in a perfect spot right there because the evolution of kind of like where I went after that, um, well, I'm going to shut this fan off right here. All righty. Well, Florida boy is getting cold, boy. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like after I was in school, you know, I was like, knew how to make my work and stuff. And I was like, okay, you know, I was starting to go to Swanee because um, it was pretty close. I was going to Bear Creek's Swanee Festival. And like, you know, so that was like already starting to do that in school and seeing like Christian live painting at places around Savannah mm -hmm. and my blowing my mind still just like you know even though i've had progressed to where i was just still just always blowing my mind um so i like, saw those models and i was like you know what i'm gonna make a i just like loved going to see the band fish um yeah. so i just like um got out of school and i was like dude you know what they're playing 30 shows across the country i'm just gonna make a couple like i saw actually there's this one dude named david drennan um and he's the guy he's got like a you've definitely seen him he's got these black and white lithograph posters of like the band. jerry and just like oh, yeah. yeah every every person and um, he's been around the scene forever and a lot of people have his work and i remember i at i was at all good 2011 mm -hmm. and i like see him drop in and sell like 15 posters to this group of people and my mind was just like oh my god i was like i could do that yeah. you know yeah, yeah so i basically i made fish posters a couple of posters and like went on tour and you know i was just like the first show i think i like did the math went through a spreadsheet because it's always a good plan you know budgets things out i like made an excel spreadsheet how much that's other shows smart do. as fuck dude that's so smart yeah dude i definitely did yeah, not I was like, ever do that <laughs> I, yeah it's like how much do i need to make to get going i got like 600 bucks at the beginning yeah yeah if i buy show five if i've made this much like i'll catch up you know so I had to sell like 12 posters a show. I think the first show I sold like 39 posters and I was like, dude, what? So by the end Sweet. of the tour, I made like 4,000 bucks. Nice. And I was just like, oh my God, what is going on? So like from there, basically, I was just like selling posters, going to festivals, like bootlegging posters and just like, yeah. but you know, there's crowds, you know, there's people out there. So I was, do you know, you look at the situation, I'd see, I'd be like, man, there's 25,000 people at this thing. Like if I can yeah. get to almost every one of these things, I was like, methodical about it yeah, you yeah, know, yeah i print like 500 posters again took this model from christian because like just always like were you on foot good inspirations were you on foot yeah on foot nice yeah i would go on foot and i would just like i'd go to like six festivals a year mm -hmm. um you know i'd go to more but like i'd make like 400 posters or 500 posters for that and i would kind of just like go crush it and that was like my way to like keep practicing you know my work and i I put in like tons of sacrifices, you know, like I went to California, I did the weed thing for like several years in Lake Tahoe. Um, trimming took huge risks, gardening, trimming all. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. At that time it was like 2012. So it was like, yeah, the end of like those golden years of it. And I was mm -hmm. like, see it, you know, getting out there, meeting all these old heads and they're like, Oh, this is, you know, <laughs> this is the end of this. So I was like, well, I'm trying to, you know, 
But I, my mindset was like, I'm buying myself time because I'm just going to keep working and working and working. I'm like, I was making sacrifices. And like, I'm not saying go make bad, illegal, like sacrifices. <laughs> well, not like it was like illegal either. It's just like, you know, there was it's like this situation area. that was like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and that's kind of like, I've always not to like put shade on myself, but like, there's lots of moments in life where there are like these gray areas and like, don't be like afraid to like walk the path of like that. The middle. Like be confident. Yeah. Nobody's telling you not to like the guy telling you not to, you're telling to do it. Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's yeah. like in that moment, like, and I think like I see those moments a lot and I try to be like, you know, not a dick, but like just own through those moments. Um, mm -hmm. So that happens a lot. And uh, so like, yeah, I was in, you know, California and it was like doing that, taking that time. And, um, buying time for myself. But mm -hmm. then, um, after doing so much of like trying to sell the paintings, like every painting I'd make, I'd make a canvas print and make a thing. And I was trying to sell stuff online and work in my studio. And I was just kind of like going nuts at that time. It was so much about like people growing their Facebook pages. Instagram was just getting like as mm -hmm. growing, you know, it wasn't like a working system as it is like now kind of. Yeah. So I was like going, you know, I still have stacks of like canvas prints that are from like then that never really sold. And I'm just like, I can't put the energy into that because there's so much perpetuation. So I, I was studying more business and kind of learning more about online sales and um, the, the right ways to like have your Facebook um, set up so that you can, you know, just collect leads and do email marketing and all those kinds of things and like doing more business pivots where I realized that like just for me personally and the way I work and like what I fuel off of is like going out and going around I was noticing like just being in the studio wasn't going to cut it for me so like yeah I was just like I'm just going to start focusing more on doing murals and like that moment was like a huge moment for me pivot wise because I was just like I enjoy that scale there was just like something I've always I've been painting for so long and there's just like something I like coming back to the studio but like I couldn't there was nothing to like pull out of yeah, me yeah. personally. Yeah. So I realized for myself, like that's just who I am as an artist. And those are like the moments you got to like, how do you work best? I'm not that guy. I'm right. like, I see people doing shit. I'm like, damn, I'm not, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that I do this. Right. And people look at you and they're like, oh man, how do you even do that? And this is, this is the perfect segue too. Um, because first I'll call it back to kind of the surfing and skateboarding thing and like comparing that to uh making a mural right like they're both very physical very big big movements you know typically compared comparatively at least to like a tiny little paintbrush uh you mm -hmm. know wrist or like slightly moving your shoulder a couple degrees a lot of times you're like just filling in whether it's with a, a, a roller or a spray can, you know, you get this like, I'm really feeling like the flow when you start talking about like going out there, sort of like interfacing with the public in a, a lot of ways uh, in, in the same vein as you did when you were going on tour, right? Like, I'm sure that- Yeah, like, actually. Like making a mural, a forged- you plenty of people mm. walking up and you know connect 
being able to connect with them on that level, huh? Yeah, honestly, there's a huge parallel that you just drew that I didn't even kind of realize is how much I fuel off of just like talking to random people and seeing what like this random person can say, you know, mm -hmm. like you go through the masses of people and like gems of moments shine out from yeah people. And yeah, that's definitely something I fuel on um, heavily. Um, but uh, yeah, doing a mural, um, I love painting huge because yeah, you're talking about painting small to painting big. Um, yeah. You paint like a highlight on a nose and it's like this big, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like compare if it's, if it's like a 20 foot thing and not saying it's like, it's easy, but like, um, there's just like a tightness and a like a, that I have a hard time getting back into is painting small. Um, mm -hmm. when I, when you am so like, yeah, I'm just, my body is very expressive. So like talking about surfing, you know, I'm very, I'm a very active person, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm always doing stuff and, you know, like to just be probably pushing myself way too hard lately. And I've kind of been realizing that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, painting a mural, like it tests the body too. Um, 100%. so I think doing a little bit of, it's like almost doing like sculpture work or something. It's like a way to like, this is bigger than me now, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I've always kind of felt that way about my, you know, like wanting that feeling out of my art, I think mm -hmm. to where it can like serve a bigger purpose. Cause like public art, you know, it serves a big purpose and there's like a layer of responsibility with it too. Um, I agree. So that's kind of like, uh, into a different, um, subject. Maybe you can kind of, I'll circle back. We'll but put like, a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of was, uh, so, but like talking about the mural process, um, and you know, it's, it, it's very much does relate, you know, it's like very similar to painting a painting on canvas, but like, yeah, the main difference is like planning really, you know, obviously you have to have the skills to paint big and stuff, but like anybody who's trying to wanting, you know, I get the question a lot. It's like, I paint and I want to paint murals. Yes. Like you already know how, like I usually tell them, I'm like, you paint. I'm like, okay, well you already know how to paint the mural. Right. Like just expand what you do already into like bigger everything and like, yeah. And plan more, you know? And then it's the same thing. Basically, you know, that sounds easy, but, um, that's like what somebody told me a long time ago. I could drop another good name is, um, Efren, um, everyday research, um, mm -hmm. epic mural painter. And I saw him do something in, uh, I saw him like painting in at aura one year and he was like painting just with spray paint and just like busting stuff out. Like nobody else had ever done at Swanee in a, in a way. And I was just like, dude, okay, I'm on, I'm doing the wrong thing. You know? And right, then I yeah. was, he said to me, he's like, Oh, you already grid this out. You already do it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a doable thing. Totally. 100%, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it would yeah. be, uh, super interesting and, and helpful for a lot of the people listening to just let's walk through, um, a pro the process of starting and completing a mural. And we can, <clears throat> we can start with, I think for me, the, the trickiest part of all is finding a wall, procuring a wall to uh, paint on, uh, or even if it's yeah. even if it's just um, <clears throat> you know some some wall that no one cares about, uh, you know it's in an abandoned lot. That that is 
doesn't take much imagination to figure out. But like, as far as like approaching a business or doing it for either some kind of uh, financial compensation or just material compensation, how does one start to go about procuring a wall? Yeah. He kind of touched on like the evolution of those different like levels of what you're searching for out of it mm-hmm. and what's kind of coming to you out of it. Um, basically, yeah, when you paint your first pieces, like you're going to, the idea is to like, you're going to self fund those moments. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you have a wall, it's just like in your studio, maybe you have a wall in your backyard or on a fence or in a place that your landlord's just like, yeah, you paint that, just paint over it or whatever. Um, to like test it out. Um, or like, you know, if you're already like a painter who knows and you're confident, you want to go out somewhere and like, you see a wall, you driving down the road and you're like, damn, that's like a great wall. You know, once you start to look for them, you're like, you drive through a building, you're like a city and you're like, Oh my God, that wall is like, I could, that'd be epic. So anyways, um, basically like a great way to just like do that sometimes is like for people, I always say this, like, um, when people talk to me about like getting into painting murals, it's like, it's totally okay to like pay your dues at the beginning. So like meaning like self-fund, but like give it, you know, it's gotta be good situations. So like Mm -hmm. that is actually going to help you. If you need to practice outside, having a practice wall, put up a couple of pieces of wood and plywood, get two pieces of plywood and put them together, you know, whatever, in a certain way, stick them into the ground um, with beams. Just I've seen people do that. And that's like a great way to just hone the skills again. But um, Mm -hmm procuring a wall, you know, you could talk to business owners is always the best way. Be confident, walk inside, be like, Hey, you know, it's an awesome wall that you have outside. Are you ever interested in having a mural painted on it? And they'd be like, you know, are you the manager? Do you own this place? You know, people don't really mind to talk to people if you're nice to, to them. So, right, yeah. um, so, you know, sometimes you may get a, no, I don't want to do that. Or they may be like, Oh my God, that's awesome. I was just thinking about that, which those, those little synchronicities, you'd right. be like, oh, wow, I bet you anything that's what happens. If you're thinking of doing it, it's going to work else like is. that. So, yeah. 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 So um, those are good ways to just start. And then just like, you know, you take a picture of the wall, you take the measure. I do it, you know, there's a difference of like the squiggle grids or like, which is another, comp, you know, conversation, but how to scale up your thing. I, I, I measure everything out. So you measure the space, you go onto your, however you prepare your images, maybe you just do sketches. I do everything on Photoshop before I paint anything. It's so fully you're a, planned. You're a Photoshop guy. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like every little bit is based like, cause you know, that goes towards my theory of how I've evolved to where I'm at, but like, yeah, it's, you know, it's design and execution mm-hmm. once you get to a certain level in the process. But, um, so yeah, talking about that yeah you could go to photoshop you know you design your image or you do your drawing and then you take a picture of it put it onto a program like that so you can open the file of the wall you know in like three-quarter view and then you like you know you hit like command you know free free transform and command and spin it Mm -hmm. make it look like it's on the wall and like you know make it a little bit transparent so it like fits the situation and that's a great way to like bring into places so i every time i do a mock-up I designed it fully on Photoshop. Um, you know, I have my conversations with the client and stuff, which, um, but like I do it on Photoshop, I mock it up and I, and I present it. And that's the best way to like, 
give them everything that they need to see to be convinced that like this is a good situation so, um, for them as well. So I wanted to ask about the process in Photoshop for you in particular. Are mm-hmm. you are you compositing with with different images or are you drawing everything out and then <laughs> filling it in? No, basically like um take pictures of mostly everything unless I'm in like a bind and I'm just going to find some open source images on a yeah. website that I'm like, you know, pay for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a whole nother thing is talking about reference images and your paintings. I know that's a conversation people definitely um, are scared about, but definitely <laughs> finding like open source images or just taking your own pictures really leads to a lot of things. But like, for sure, I'll go to the florist and take up, get some pictures. Um, it all just depends. But yeah, I basically am like compositing images and I have my ways that I kind of like flip the color schemes and little areas of, you know, black and white and stuff yeah. like that and kind of repetitive themes. But that kind of all came through doing it on Photoshop for me as I needed to see it before I did it on canvas. I could oh, only 100%. go so far experiment. Yeah, I could only go so far. So I think that planning made my planning for murals made my paintings better too because Mm -hmm. for me personally i just realized i just work better like being able to just experiment like off the wall on the computer and then technically being able to execute it is another thing but um so yeah i mock it up completely photos and then you know fill in spaces and use the gradients and stuff but i i make that 100 percent my reference and i make it to scale of the wall so i'll you know they'll give me a measurement of the wall um, nowadays. So I went from doing a lot of those, um, sorry to jump around here, but I went from doing a lot of those jobs um, or a lot of doing those projects where I'd go to mural festivals um, and I would go to, which some of them have some funding, um, Mm kind of just going around as much as I can and putting up um, the pieces and like, you know, curating it cleanly to where, um, you know, a lot of the things I was doing on like my social media and stuff, it seems like maybe potentially, you know, that's great to send out a level of ambiguity where you're just like, you know, thank, big thank you to having me out. So, you know, um, fake it till you make it is one thing too. just, Mm -hmm. just get there, you know, convince yourself that you're in that position too. Um, and then it's going to kind of like roll with it. But I went with a lot of those opportunities and now I've done so many pieces in so many places that like, Mm -hmm they're basically billboards for themselves. Um, 100%. So there's constantly a flow of, you know, inquiries of, hey, I have this wall. Can you do it? And I'm getting a lot better at being like, that doesn't work for my schedule. That's not, saying you know, no. enough. Yeah, saying no. Where before I'd be like, oh my God. Any and yes, all. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm dying, you know? Um, yeah. So it evolves. So like, if you want them to get seen, like, you think you're a good painter and you can do it. Like there's a lot of people in the mural scene. There's a lot of things happening, but like if you're confident and you get some work up and you design and curate it well and get out there and just like, you know, apply to those mural festivals, you know, look on Instagram, find the different festivals that are on these different levels of like, you know, there's like these high tiered ones that have like some of the best, most prestigious artists that we all know. And then there's things that like just happen where it's like fund your own wall, but that's the best way you connect with people. You connect with other artists. Opportunities come like that. You know, they share your work, you share your work. If everybody's the thing about community is that if like, if you're getting the check, I'm getting the check, you know? So like we keep 
you have to create that level of standard then too. So if we're in the talking about the business of like the murals and stuff, it's like, I'm getting into a point where um, I've been saying yes to a lot of opportunities. And then I get in that moment and realize like, oh, maybe I'm in a business that I, I shorthanded myself. Like yeah, I look yeah. around, and I'm like, fuck, that, that construction guy is like doing better than I am on this. And I'm like, fuck, I'm a, I did it again, you know? And yeah, so like, know your value and like, you know, look around at what other people are doing in the community. Talk about those things. Talk about like, you know, the design fees, talk about um, your square footage price. And like, don't be afraid to talk to your clients about it too. Is like, mm-hmm. say, hey, these are the potential charges. You know, I want to charge you this. Um, but if it's going to be this, this, and this, these are situations. And the more you just like learn how to openly communicate with your clients and stuff like that, yeah, as well as, as, well as like set boundaries, you know, so hundred percent taking, you know, saying no to projects that don't, you know, necessarily feed your artistic vision. Um, you'll start to vig- figure out the language. That's like the best to like, how do you talk to clients and how do you say like, I don't want to take a project if you're going to tell me what to do. They don't want, nobody wants to hear that, but like you start to get the language of like, okay, your your best way you can get the most value out of what you see I do already is if you give me, you know, what I say to my clients now is like, give me an emotion you want to feel, you know, yeah. how do you want this to be received? I do not want you to tell me what to paint. I want you to tell me what you want to feel, you know, who are we in telling, who are we talking to? What's our main audience? All of those yeah. kinds of things. So where it's like, they can feed your creative vision. Those obviously this is like the ideal situation, but right. the more you push for it, the more it's going to come to your way. And then, then those clients are like, they have, you know, they want to hear that. They want to hear that you, you know what they want, yes. you know? So like, yes. and w- when you represent that, that's what ends up happening. Yes. Um, so yeah, it few, fuels both ways. Yeah. They know that, you know? Yeah. Uh, a few Sorry. things on that that came to mind. No, you're fine. I, I love it. You, you've got a wealth of in- information in there and just like, again, let it rip, you know? Um, but a few <laughs> things that come to mind for me is first, I think that if you're ever going to make art for exposure, the only appropriate time to do it is when it's on a gigantic wall somewhere where there's either a lot of traffic or foot traffic, right? And if you have to self-fund, like you were talking about in the beginning, if you have to self-fund some of that, I mean, that's kind of like advertising that you paid for that could potentially live there in, I don't know, perpetuity, hopefully, as long as that wall is is still there. Um, And then to kind of go onto a different level of of artistry, perhaps. Um, the thing that you said about communication is so, so important because that is something that every human should learn how to do effectively. And as artists, I don't think that we value our work well enough, even when we're at a, a proficient or distinguished level. You know what I mean? Like, like the whole thing of like saying yes to everything and not being clear about how it's going to go down. Uh, and I, th- I think that if you're talking to a business owner, they respect someone who can kind, who's kind of got a little swagger and a little like uh, a little firmness on their side, right? Like, they don't want someone to be a pushover. And, and then that just gets weird, right? 
Um, and then a third thing is when you were talking about <clears throat> sort of telling telling the client, asking them sort of to evoke an emotion or sort of ask who the audience is. I think that can be translated into commission work for people just making stuff on canvas too. There, there are a lot of ways that you can sort of like screw yourself taking on commissions, you know, um, where you're designing it or you're making it and you show some progress pics and there, and then it, then it almost can turn into like, um, you know, you're a designer at that point, like, and someone's, uh, asking you to design their trip basically, you know, do you ever get that? Like kind of going back to the festival world where someone's like, man, I've got this great commission for you. And it's about my, my ayahuasca experience and there was oh, my yeah. grandmother and she had steel wings and there was a, a jaguar. <laughs> she was riding a jaguar and, uh, you know, she was battling Donald Trump. And, and you're just like, I can't cram that into a, even a three by four foot painting, man. Like give yeah. me, give me five colors or give me five words or less and I'll make you something. If you like what I do, you like what I do. It, I'm not going to, you know, maybe you should be the artist at this point with this wild vision, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, what was the first, you said, like, talking about commissions and stuff, but what was the first thing you said on on that thing? Oh, that communication. About, like, saying communication. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that That, we could definitely drill down into that for a long time, I'm sure. Well, I think that that for me actually came from, I left something out as I, I was doing a lot of gallery, doing all these festivals and stuff is um, yeah. I was always seeing like, you know, somebody would do it like this and I hate to like, you know, I, it always comes when I say it out loud, I'm like, you're so, I'm like a cocky dick, but like, um, yeah, I'd see people do things and I'm like, why would you do it this way? Like, why can't we, you know, so I always was just like, I want to start to do, get some galleries and figure it out. So I did like summer camp um, music festival for like a couple of years after being an artist there and kind of like got to evolve the space. And one thing I noticed like about every festival is like, you'd walk in with like no idea what's going to happen, you know? And like, yeah. you have all these questions you I'd see like all my friends, you'd prepare this way, you'd prepare this way, but then it ended up being like this. And everybody's just like, you know, there's all these levels to where like, you're an artist, you should be like, there should, it's just, you got to set it up. But like where these people, it's just easier. And the main way to do that was just communication. Yes. Like how to communicate thoroughly to like 15 people coming into a festival, check in where to park, where to drive exactly, you know, every little moment to like curate the experience to where it's like all these things are taken care of, you know, um, that is so important. And so this actually like, this all like wraps into like the whole paying your dues and um, when to um, do things for exposure. Um, so like, you know, doing the mural, doing the festivals. Um, and then like, I moved over to Suwannee Halloween after, you know, I did a few years up in summer camp and it was in Illinois. So it was a long drive every year, but epic program. And I learned under some really good people about like, about communication and about like how to just like, you know, curate, the experience um, mm -hmm. 
and just like there's so many ways to of you know like even just like working in Google Docs and being really organized in the way that you do your stuff and like write everything down and like create files and create systems that like help back you up so that you don't have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but so th those moments like helped me a lot with those communications. And I think like, you know, that I noticed some artists who are like very communicative and some that kind of just like you go back and you're like, did you ask me a question? I'm like, Hey, did you read the email? you know so yeah. it's always a thing like you know read stuff over and like try to be that open communication because then when you have those jobs and when things start to come later you'll be able to like express yourself clearly um and that's huge um but then so going to um talking about um the exposure thing um and about doing those walls is like a lot of those a lot of these festivals this is a big big conversation I have a lot of the time doing festivals and being the gallery managers. Like sometimes people would want you to like pay to be like the live artist. And I'm like, y'all even understand like the, how ridiculous that sounds, mm -hmm. you know, but like the thing that happens is a lot of artists just want to paint at festivals. So we have this thing where we do it a lot for free and it's been something we've done for a long time. Yeah. But then like, we're trying to say, Oh, well the festival should charge us, you know, should give us something. Um, and then there's some that do and things that are getting better. And I think that now that all these artists that were younger and were like painting are like growing up to be in charge of all these programs, like things are shifting, especially yes. post COVID. Like, yeah, I think that we all should be getting paid on all tiers. And if you're not, I hate, I don't like, I don't want to be the guy who influences, but we have to like, as a team, like create some sort of like influence to where it's like, we all do want to paint and it is a huge inspirational moment, but like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, to draw the line because for painting murals, when you see a good opportunity, when you see a good wall where thousands of people drive past that a day, when you self, you know, invest for those moments, you get to get those followers and you see things and going back, like planting a seed, you know, it's like, when you are feeling like you're in the moment to express yourself in that way and you're confident enough, it's like people are, someone's going to vibe on that. Yes. And if you stay doing it for long enough, that shit's going to circle back around. You're going to be like, no way. I can't believe it. That thing from all the way back yeah. then, they saw that one and they want one now. And they are like, they saw another thing happen and then it convinced them. So, but there, you know, in the festival scene too, it's like, if you stand out as an artist, and you connect with people and you vibe on that moment, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of followers. Um, you're going to get people who want to see your work. Um, and it, you have to create a romantic experience for people. I think like people want to feel like in what you're doing. Um, that's what's so good about like the Instagram stories and like, and what we can do with social media now is like for business wise, like, and for just like selling and just like, you're selling the experience that you're going through. Like you're selling yes. all of that to somebody. They want to be romanticized, you know? So like be emotional and be authentic through all that stuff. And like, people will just like, it'll fuel them up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so um, there's, there's moments in this festival world too, where it's like the exposure is good if it's like the right moments. But um, I think things are shifting a lot. I don't know what you're going to say, but I think things are shifting a lot too in the festival world. Um, where it's like focusing towards a lot of mural things too. We're all growing. A lot of people, all these painters yeah. and everybody are focusing into the world of murals because it's becoming more publicly accepted and more um, across the board. So 
you know, that whole paying your dues thing is just like analyze the situation. And like, if you feel it funded, I paid for a ton of walls, you know, yeah, paid yeah. for the paint, the lift, the whole thing, 1200 bucks, boom, do it. Doesn't matter. Cause that like, it's gonna, I mean, that's a lot of money to like come up with all the time, but like sure, paint with house paint, paint in black and white, do it. Yeah. Let those moments dictate what you do, you know? Yeah. See it and flow with it. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that when you were talking about getting people in that that moment and sort of romanticizing the experience of being at a festival, I think that's very important to remember. Very important to connect with people that will help you, that will help your art, that helps them. Um, and really, I think I've said this before on the show, but you're not really selling someone the piece of art per se. You're selling them the experience of buying the piece of art. And then you're selling them on the idea of their future self hanging that piece of art in their home. And then that piece of art enriching their life and reminding them of that time where, you know, fill in the blank. They had a great experience at X or they really connected with the artist. So I think that that's, that's just a, I just kind of wanted to underline that point um, for sure. And then the whole thing with, uh, with festival art um, and standardization, I guess we could call it that. I don't know. Um, just a thought that came to mind is, is, you know, in, in the music world, people pay their dues and then if their music is connecting and hitting with the whatever target demographic then they get you know eventually higher and higher up on that lineup and i'm sure they're getting paid more and more each time and i you know i don't know all the ins and outs of uh production budgets and art budgets and all that and i know that's a bitch and it's tough my, actually yeah m i i really respect like i worked at uh at sonic bloom uh, a couple years sort of like this was way back in 2015 was the last time but helping build the gallery just kind of like seeing the behind the scenes on production and then like learning how much the person who was running the gallery was actually getting and it, i was just like Oh shit, that's not anything really. Um so this kind of comes back to the whole like being able to say no and being firm and and you don't it doesn't mean you have to abandon the festival art world altogether. I mean, no. there there are plenty of opportunities as an artist grows, as their work becomes more refined, as they get more experience. There's plenty of opportunities you can find to where you can get compensa compensated in a way that that feels right. And like you were talking about curating that experience, that's so important because it, like if I'm not getting paid, okay, that's one thing. But if I'm not getting paid and I decide to go to a festival with 5,000 people and there's 20 other live painters, you know, you just kind of got to do the math then it's sort of my fault, right? Or if, you know, you can get compensated in other ways, like um, at Electric Forest, we get, 
you know, a giant shaded tent and meals all week and a little bit of gas money and there's 50,000 people there and there's 10 live painters. So it's like, you know, you just have to be That's, thinking about these right. things, you know. Absolutely. That's a good situation. And that may be like, you know, a harder place to get into or something like that. But, you know. I'm um, lucky. I'll say, I'll definitely. go ahead and admit that on that one. Like, Yeah, when you get your in sometimes too. It's yeah. like, sometimes it's not about how like good your work is. It's like, you know, I apply to all these different public art grants now, you know, yeah. and I'll make like a design where I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, it's so sick, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they don't accept it. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like, okay, whatever. And then they just say, you know, like this guy just happened to like this more. So it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's all hit or miss. And it's like getting package yourself up nice, you know, and like get out there and do it. But yeah, pick the right things. Um, it's the same in the mural thing is it's like pick the right opportunities to like fund it, you know, and do it. Um, and, you know, even like shaping the way that you, the path that you're going to take, see how other people are going to do it. And then like, you know, curate it to yourself on like how you associate different stuff to it. But like, um, it's great to look at what other people have done to see like where you're going to go. You know, like I talk about Christian and first earth and a lot of like the steps that he took to see like, okay, well, how does that work for me more? And like, you know, so be influenced and, but like, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, be, but be like, going to the commission thing that you mentioned before is like, we're talking about like knowing, um, you know, being able to say no to stuff or like doing what you want to do, which is like your authentic artist self. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not know what that is, but like, if it feels good or feels like you're like, ah, I want to do this because of the money, but ah, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like if you're working hard and you're confident, like you want to take them because of the money, but like, if you tell yourself that if you focused on your path, like it may be hard in those moments, but like it will start to cycle, you know? So I like, that's that leap moment, like taking the leap of like, you know, I used to do like holiday portraits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'd be like painting in my studio, like this person. And I'm just like, Oh my God, why did I do this again? It's like, you know, I'm in here for like three weeks painting this portrait of this person. I'm like, I could have made this and this and that. Yeah, yeah. And all those surges and moments of like my inspiration, like came and went because I wasn't like, being true to like following through with that kind of thing. And like, so that's hard with commissions is, you know, finding that balance. Like, yeah, yeah. It's hard. You know, it's just, it's just like a hard thing. You got to pay, but if you got to pay your dues, you know, so if you're painting a painting and that's, what's making you money, that's fucking awesome. And you're getting paid for that. So like you, but you gotta, you know, if there's another mission is like all of these little things are like those small goals that, keeping true to where your path is going to take you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay attention. You got to be aware and look for those synchronicities, right? Yeah, totally, man. Once those things start to happen, you're like, that's when things are flowing. Yeah. So it's uh, not easy to find. I wanted uh, to drop back into mural making for a second. Um, Mm -hmm. how, How do you start to execute so we you took us to the design phase and completing the design phase now Mm -hmm. are you using are you using a grid are you using a scribble grid a projector a combination of those three or are you just are you just looking at like you know 
the file on your yeah. phone or like uh like etam crew guys will like just have like a napkin and like this sketch it's like this big and be painting like a wall that's that big uh, no i don't do that um <laughs> i uh so yeah i'm like a pretty like uh planning like very like uh i don't know how to say it like it's all about execution for me kind of like it's all about being able to plan as much as i can mm -hmm. prepare 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 so that when i get to that moment it's just like I could be in it. You know, I've got all these variables controlled. So what I like to do is I like measure the whole wall um, to the foot um, and like that create my Photoshop file to be like, let's say it's 10 by 10. That's easy. Mm -hmm. So I'll do 10 wide by 10 tall. Um, and then I make my design and I always go to the wall. And the first thing I do is measure the wall. If the client told me, because it's usually not A little what they different. say. Yeah. Yeah. So I always go measure it and I lay out the file like perfectly because, you know, the squiggle grid to me is a very good way to get there quickly and do it, which if you don't know what the squiggle grid is, it's pretty much you're, you know, um, making just a, a bunch of marks. I'm sure somebody's maybe talked about it on uh um, podcast maybe before i'm not sure yeah it's like basically there's a, there's a couple of good videos x y axis of um you know columns and rows of letters squiggles just random little right symbols kind of yeah and you you superimpose the image on top of it after you make the symbols and letters on the wall um and that's your way of seeing it but for me that means that you're only doing it to where the camera lens is Meaning like if it's a hundred foot tall wall oh, yeah, yeah. and you're taking a picture, like it's going to be obscured mm -hmm. for that angle. There's like a, it's like a sweet spot, you yeah. know? And that's like how you could do, you know, anamorphic stuff is like, it's the same way as like, there is a sweet spot to where you view it. So uh, it works amazingly. Um, but for me, all my stuff is very organic and has a lot of like movement. So I really like to just like, uh, measure the wall and I'll do like, I'll drop in Photoshop, like grid lines on the rulers of like two foot or three foot lines, depending on how much details in each square. Mm -hmm. And I'll lay the whole thing out with a six foot stick. Like I'll go get, get like a one by two from Home Depot and I'll mark it like a yardstick and it's six feet. And I put, I tape a level to it also Okay. Just tape it up and I'll hit the corners the left side and I'll go across. So I can look down and I can see these lines Cause you know, as you go 40 feet, if you're, you know, marking an inch off as you go, it's like, you kind of mess up. So I have like right. my left side and my right side. And then I use the level and it may take a while, but I go all the way across the whole thing and I mark it out with dots so that if I need to go back in and get more information later, mm -hmm. you know, I have those dots always there. The squiggle grid, if you cover it, it's gone. So I always know it's 25 feet over and I could drop another line to be a foot by a foot, or I could drop another line to be a six inches by six inches, like on the corner of this eyeball so that I, you have to have in your mind when you're painting huge, you're up there and you're like, you can't see anything. Right. Like you're literally like looking at a blob and you're like, oh, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, if you mess up on your grid, you're in the wrong spot. Like you can't tell until you go down, you're, you know, so um, I like to be able to control those variables so that if I'm up there and I'm working on a 75 by 35 foot wall, which is the size of the next wall I'm working on nice. um, in the middle of it, you know, I can like scroll up and be like, it's I'm 35 feet over, you know, where is my spot that I'm at? Um, and then I'm breaking it down into these little squares at a time. You know, I'm working on one square that's three by three foot. 
at a time and I get all the way across the thing, you know? So, um, that's how I control that moment. Um, and then, um, if you're, you know, you want to talk about materials and stuff, I do everything nowadays is like, I'll hit those, I hit those dots instead of the grid lines, I'll hit them on the intersection points mm-hmm. with spray paint. And then I, I just draw with spray paint nowadays, basically, unless it's a, if it's a flat background <clears throat> color, I'll use a paint sprayer. Mm-hmm. I try not to even roll it these nice. days. Cause like work hard, you know, work smarter, not harder, right. you know, cause this is meant, you know, in the end, I'm sure you've seen those like epic memes where it's just like, in the end, you're just like in the hot sun for hours and hours and hours yeah. with the headphones and the regulator. So, mm. you know, make it easier for yourself. Um, but I, um, yeah, so I'll do like all of it with like all my different spray paint um, colors um, nowadays because there's just like a speed and a, you know, I started spray painting in 2019 actually. Really? So it's like, yeah, wow, it's dude. pretty hot. <laughs> Yeah, January of 2019. Well, I mean, like I spray painted like always, but I never like was like I'm gonna work on this color scheme to do this, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just did. And then actually, the moment that it all changes, I was at Envision Festival and I was doing a portrait, um, and they got me house paints and I did the background with spray paint, and then like the house paints were so dull compared, compared to the colors, yeah. so I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> I gotta do this with spray paint. I did it, and I was like, oh sick i did it and then yeah. from there yeah so um yeah i forgot where I was. so 2019 yeah i was you know started spray painting so i kind of just realized that it was like it's just so much faster you can do so many things with it so going back to like a really technical background of what i was doing painting and color theory wise from that one professor at savannah about realism and colors and hue value intensity breaking down the the levels of color there's all these scales and it's like for my brain i'm very like analytical so i'm basically it's like a spreadsheet of cans totally you know once you learn those colors it's like i can go in so many directions to dull make it duller or brighter or change the hue which is the color on the color wheel or the value of the colors there's it's just like a yellow you have the darkest value of that yellowish greenish color all the way to the lightest one so it's it's nuts. Man. Hang on it's, one it's second. Crazy. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, took a little pause there to sort of uh, bring a, up a little handy dandy. Oh man, hang on. Is it not going to show because of my stupid no, it is. background? If you just like get it in the. No, get it in the light. Um, plenty. Oh, uh, there we close go. Close to it. Yeah. It's close enough. You can set. Uh, <laughs> anyway. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try like and hold it right there. Um, for everyone watching on the Patreon and maybe, and you, maybe you could drop in a file. Yes. I, I, I'm going to drop in a file, I think, because there you go. There you go. In, in terms of it's like, right here. Boop. yeah, you one of those? yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um, that, that just brings up, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my loathing for that format of, uh, a video on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Instructional <laughs> videos. Well, but, basically we are talking instructional video, but we like, are, we what are. we're talking about is um, how in spray paint, like you have all of these grids of color kind of like laid out. Yeah. Um, so it's very easy to like plan a color scheme. Yes. Um, and take like, you know, the range of the pinks or whatever. And this is a good scale that you could actually see is I, I, I do this kind of stuff all the time where I'm like, you know, grab every single pink from like Montana gold, Montana black, 94s, 
Yeah. Uh, Montana 94. Um, and literally like, this is from like the red violet, you know, the most pink to the most violet range, yeah. because like in all those flowers I'm doing, it's like those subtle moments of like, this is like, you know, it's a little bit it's warmer, beach, you know, redder. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's like, so you see those little moments in there and it's like those scales of color, just there's so many colors to pick from. So yeah, for me, because like I can break the colors down in that way, it's like, it opened up insane doors to be able to like get to those places of, you know, I don't paint with detail. I paint with like for perception. Yeah. You know, so how I break down color is in three categories is hue, value, and intensity. So hue mm-hmm. is the color on the color wheel. So right. like Roy G. Biv. Intensity is the the brightness to the dullness of the color. Like it could be purple and it could be really intense, but it could also be like the muddiest gray, but that's, it's also Still purple. purple. Yeah. And then the value of the color. So like the natural value that purple is the darkest color, but yellow is the lightest color in value. Mm-hmm. So that's the easiest way to like, once you start to talk about it that way, you understand it that way. Yeah. So you sort um, of have like, can, like an X, Y, Z axis uh, in, in your conceptually of where totally. exactly this color is going to fit and then where it fits into your design. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, that's like anything in life really is like, you got to like teach yourself the language so that you could talk to yourself about it. Yeah. Like you don't know, you don't know shit until you like, can we don't know, nobody knows anything can language way, but just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly man like yeah. you gotta like get told what it is and you learn a lot on your own but like you know it, it helps a lot sometimes so like um what uh what was i talking about before that was kind of just like um breaking down those colors and stuff um in the mural process yes um so you know that's a great thing to explore um and it's a great way for like people who are scared to like grab spray paint and want to like branch out. It's like, just grab a couple of those colors are perfectly set up and you can like figure it out on that back wall in your backyard or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but then, yeah. So a lot of the other things that I do is like um, t- looking at the, the situation of the wall is like, what's the lift situation? Like what's the axis going to be like? Um, is the space closed? Are you going to be able to paint? You know, just scheduling that goes back to communication and stuff is like, there's so many logistical things that happen when you're doing bigger projects that like half the time you're just communicating and you're making right. sure that all these things that you expect to be set up is not unless you talk about it. Um, so it's like, yeah, the lift situation, what condition is the wall in? Does it need to be sprayed with bleach to get the mildew off? Do you have to scrape the wall to get all this old paint off? Like this piece I'm about to do in Macon, Georgia, which I'm going to just drop this cause I'm super stoked about it. I'm yeah. doing one at, um, H and H restaurant in Macon, Georgia. It's, a uh, Allman Brothers piece. It's going to oh, be like sick. the whole band. It's like 75 foot by 35 foot. And it's a soul food place that um, has, uh, it was kind of just like in an all black area. And these two women just, you know, were awesome there. And um, they created this restaurant and um, they supported like the Allman Brothers kind of at the beginning when they lived in Macon. So yeah. we're kind of paying tribute to that, but that's going to be epic. That's right. That wall right now needs to be scraped. Um, yeah because you know i could get there and it would be in a terrible position so there's all these little moments um, so are you to getting look at are you getting someone to do that part for you like scrape scrape the paint yeah You're we like, communicated about it and they're they're going to take care of it because they're you know they want to get it done they like the idea so it's just, everything is different every situation right. they may be like 
I could send somebody for a charge kind of thing, or just, yeah. it's just, it's the, more, talk we, the more we talk about it. Yeah. Kind of talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. That's a ton of information there. Um, when, when you're doing a mural, how conscious are you of time and how, like, I know that oh, you God. said that you like to have everything <laughs> um, planned out, ready to roll right when you get there. But sometimes unforeseen things happen. And uh, so, yeah. so are you pricing not, based I'm, on square foot rather than time? Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, but I'm learning that, like, uh, yeah, so I base everything on square foot. I basically... I charge a design fee, um, which has evolved over time. And, you know, I've gone up with what I charge and then, um, charge per revision. Um, so that like a client can understand, like, I need to communicate what I want because if I have to do it again, I have to pay for it. So that always helps. Um, and then I do like a 15 and $25 a square foot right now. Sometimes it it really just depends. Sometimes more, sometimes less, all depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. And then I just like, explain why um they may be in that situation and then cover materials cover all of those things um and then there's like an open-ended thing for like the accommodations and stuff because there's the potential that it may rain for like i did this project in july that literally like it rained like every single day i painted you know and i called it deluge of abundance because like a deluge is like an insane amount of rain right yeah but it was like about abundance so it was just like this whole experience man like the whole thing i went through was like a huge experience and it was like all these things actually like these synchronicities were like challenging me but then you know kind of made through it at the end but um yeah, it's just like you got to it goes back to like mental health in this practice too. Is like the pressure that you lay on yourself, what you're giving back to yourself, how much rest you're giving yourself. So, I've been talking to a lot of like my peers lately is just like about saying no and like giving myself an extra week in between cuz like I've been saying yes for so long mm-hmm. that I'm still like, you know, I have projects that I hope my clients are listening. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get there. I don't know. It's just like, it's hard to manage everything as, you know, even myself now, like in, you know, like seven or eight years of doing this, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to manage all of these different aspects. But the more that you like just break it down and simplify it, it's like they kind of just get streamlined and it starts to flow a little better. But yeah, yeah, man, it's all balance in, in this thing. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, we've covered, we've covered a lot so far. I think, um, I think we'll wrap it up here in a few more questions. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you about was the work itself. And, uh, I want to show people your work. Um, and I actually haven't done this in a while on this show, but, um, I'm going to share the screen here. So, um, cool. Here we are at your Instagram page. Um, and so I noticed this theme of um, kind of like growth, um, floral, nature, kind of like nature-centric uh, stuff. Do you want to speak to that a little bit in terms of, of why you, you choose <laughs> that 
as as your main subject i guess yeah for sure um it's on a couple of levels um it goes with uh i'm just gonna make a note so i stay on track Mm -hmm. (laughs) as we as you've heard i can ramble um here we go so um basically like yeah so this is that piece actually that's deluge of abundance that i painted in um Fort Lauderdale in June. I grew up down there and I somehow expected it to not rain, even though it's like <laughs> tropical storm season. So I was my own. Yeah. It's you set yourself up for, for shit sometimes, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So uh, talking about nature um, and just like, I don't know. I kind of went with like looking at what I liked to do in my painting in all those years and all like of working and like knowing about art and like seeing the different subjects of different painters. And I always had a huge fucking pressure on me to like know what I was going to do as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that now I've come to terms of like, nobody knows what you're doing. Um, It's (laughs) like, you're, you're just like running with something. So yeah. um, I noticed that like when I would be in nature and like when I was traveling the country, like a, a ton, going to national parks, you know, backpacking, and just like, you know, even having like psychedelic experiences in nature where I'm like realizing these microcosms of the earth are kind of just like all wrapped up into these places and moments. And, and the world is like a perfect working system, right? you know, the way that the geology is and the way that like our, you know, if you introduce, you know, just like a simple thing of like how you introduce wolves into like how they introduce wolves into like Yosemite Park and the rivers changed yeah. over time, you know, and how there's like a it's a working system of life and death. And there's just like this overall, like, you know, I'm a spiritual, I'm a super spiritual person, but like, I'm not necessarily religious, but like, you know, I kind of like look at all teachings and stuff like that to just like find that spiritual moment. And I, I, I notice it most like in nature um, and in those connections. And like, I see it in music and I see it in art a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's all experiential. Um, So there's like that flow of life that's like happening in nature. Um, And so like through painting a lot in the public sector, I kind of like, you know, would be trying to paint certain portraits or certain things. And you, you start to, it's an, it's a social experiment. You know, you're feeding off what the people walk up to you and say, you know, a lot of the times we hear this, people say the same things over and over again, but like, there's a reason why, like, what's it giving, like, why are they receiving in that way yeah and the best thing about painting out in public is that like those people aren't going into a gallery to look at art and to be like i want to give an opinion about this like those people right. walk in and they're like they have the intention to give to to receive art right you know, people who walk around the corner this family who just pulled up whatever was happening in their life they're going <laughs> to eat lunch around the corner yeah. and i'm like they're painting something they're experiencing things in like a raw format and people who may not be you know keen art you know right seers and critiquers or whatever you know receivers they might mm-hmm. not see a lot to like be able to receive something powerful colorful with these like perfect harmonies of nature so like i would look at nature and say like what can these people feel like i don't want to like I, I feel like there's a responsibility like i like like giving a positivity i like the idea of like life can fucking suck there's death there's all this crazy shit so like I like to give a positive perspective and like in through what I do. And that like, when I'd be in those moments in nature, I'd be like, 
feeling this moment and I'd be like, why is this happening? Because these colors are this way and these, you know, there's that emotional thing that happens through that. So experience. So then I started to represent it a lot. I do a lot of portraits and a lot of different stuff and see like that's, you know, painting on surfboards. It's going back to like my niche. Like what's my path? I started to go paint on surfboards. And, yeah. You know, I work with a local shaper to do that, but you know, I'm still going back to like some floral stuff and um, so it started with that. It started with wanting to realize that like there's a level of responsibility in painting in the public sector, in my opinion. Like there is the whole art for art's sake thing too, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. But I also think that, I mean, if you're your authentic self, you're going to deliver something that people can vibe with. Right. But for me personally, just like I'm a realist and like, I just like these colors and um, these like bright colors and harmonious things. So I like to deliver like these things that are like work well with the, you know, the public sector. And there's another thing that you can talk about here too, is like mentioning just like Andy Warhol and his like idea of just like good business is good art, you know? So I made a business pivot in my life. I have to, I want to live doing this. Yeah. I love what I do. And like, I was like, I'm going to paint shit that people vibe with like, and I want to touch it's impossible to do, but I want to touch like everybody. And the thing that like is undoubtedly touches people is like science of color and like these harmonious color schemes, you know, (laughs) that shit like delivers, delivers something without anything. You could paint shapes and it delivers it. If you can get your colors to be harmoniously, you know, and there's ways of, you know, studying that to figure that out. Um, but then also just, um, also just like um, painting those moments in nature because people can vibe with flowers and people. So then when I give them that and I give them that realism, then it opens the doors for me to give some abstraction. Like, you know, in this piece, like I work with these like areas of black and white that gives like a timeless feel to people. So there's an older generational connection to that. And then like, I, you know, these graphic. It also makes the, the, uh, the figure pop a lot more too. So, uh, you yeah, know, getting back to that, this one. yeah, that scientific, uh, uh, you know, uh, ordering of, colors. of color theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm limiting basically on that. The idea is like, you're limiting the intensity and the saturation of those flowers in that space. So then perception wise, the warmest colors, warms advance, cools recede. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just like the science of it backing up. Obviously there's like, you know, the painting of it in the realist format too, but like using every tool you have is so important, you know, yeah. breaking down those color into the hue, value, intensity, you know, sharp edges and hard edges. So that's what I was getting at is like, I have these graphic elements in a lot of my stuff where I just kind of like cut it in half. Cause like, I did come from like this, like psychedelic art kind of background um, where it's like glitchy and it's um, it's flowing and it's kind of like from that, psychedelic movement that we've like experienced and so like a lot of my color schemes come from like that realm like i think about you know when i'm right. be like tripping or something and having an experience and like seeing trying to be keen of like what are like why are these matching so like you know you look at like a wrapper of like a starburst thing and you're like damn i shouldn't eat that but like that pink <laughs> they, one looks so good why yeah 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 the color man yeah, yeah so it's like you're, you're literally tapping into the um the hard wiring of the human perceptual system when you that's really that's <laughs> when you really learn you know what what colors are are going to work together i think it, yeah it's it's a beautiful thing i really love this piece too 
Um, yeah, man, that was a so powerful good. painting to do. Thank you. That was like, when I did that, I was like, okay, I feel like I can do basically all of the things that I was, you know, I just like never thought I could do a portrait on that size. The first time I never, you know, painted a portrait with spray paint too. I didn't think I could do that. And then I did it. So, you know, this piece was for Art Republic in Jacksonville. And the idea behind this was actually, so it was like last year, 20, you know, in 2020, I was kind of like wanting to find my place and my voice and like how to represent, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. You know, big part of that was being like a white artist. Um, honestly, you know, like seeing where I'm at, I stand in all of this and like how my, you know, I didn't want to, I think it was like, the moment for a lot of people to represent it with authenticity so it took a long time to figure out my way to like represent what i can through my art so that yeah. was like the piece that i did that was actually through a campaign that art republic did called um lift every voice and sing which is like the james weldon johnson song which was like considered the black national anthem and it was like the 250th anniversary of it so like this whole event um was based on that so this piece is called uplift um but it's based on like a section of the lyrics mm -hmm. you know was, um but yeah there was a lot of good people involved with that it was like hyro uh vega was there oh, and golden yeah. 305 and nice. urban rubin um yeah a lot of cooley ross art who's an awesome jacksonville painter my brother um so yeah man um it uh there's like a message to give i don't know there's like it totally. doesn't always have to be just beautiful you know things can get weird and get abstract but yeah there's like a responsibility with like public art and so like you know i'm not talking i'm going back to the andy warhol thing of good businesses like there's opportunities out there from cities and stuff if you looking through the white the right <laughs> <laughs> the right um uh the right channels in yeah. your to, there it is that's the word channels um to see those opportunities and the more that you build your portfolio to be applicable to be accepted by these things in this scale and to just like push that limit then like you're going to become a contender for these things and like there are like opportunities out there you, you know that are like fifty thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars for like hundred foot by something but it's like you know through municipalities and things like that because it's becoming wanted by these cities so it, they're hard to get but these are like the grants and stuff and this comes back to like writing and trying to like learn as much formal kind of stuff as you can so that you can be that person too you could always hire somebody too but you know there's there's some shit out there that i'm i'm trying to get i'm trying to get it boy yeah yeah, it goes back to communication too. Uh, I know grant writing is is it sounds very academic for someone who's like, I'm just an artist. But as I hope this podcast is teaching people, it's like when you say you're an artist, you're also a business and you're also a communicator, and you're all these different things. So um, yeah, looking into I actually wrote down public art grant. Um, hoping that we would come back to it because I think you mentioned it earlier. Um, are you? Do you kind of scour the web for that kind of thing? Yeah, I got a couple of secrets. I was trying to decide if I'm going to let them out. I don't know. You don't have but, to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's like good things. Like I will say, like call for entry 
Yes, is a good cafe. thing to look for. I think, I'll, yeah, cafe, exactly. Like if you're looking to do like that art fair circuit, which I was at one point in time, they also have like public art calls. Um, so yeah, like I do, yeah, it's a balance. I was trying to do those mural festivals for a while. You know, that's a good way for people to see what you're doing on like the social circuit of things. But then there's like, I'm getting calls for jobs in places that I've done things. And a big thing back to the floral work is like, that stuff is just rolling now. You know, a lot yeah, of it's yeah. just like, they, you know, I just got a thing to a call this morning, like right before we were talking, it was like, they basically want like a South Florida floral thing. Cause I've done it, you know, a few times now. So it, uh, it just kind of like, it rolls in that kind of way. Um, forgot what I was going to say before. No, we were talking about art grants, but, um, all oh, right. Yeah. So I scour, I do, I, it, it, some of it comes to me, but then some of it, I, I seek out, you know, a lot of these things now because there is a certain level still that I want to grow where I'm going. So I have the goals. I am where I am now, which was like a goal. And I still have goals of like where I want, want right. to be able to take it. Cause then you start to think about things financially and I'm, so I'm 31 and yeah, you know, you, you can get fucking tired, man. And so like, you start to think about like, what's the best way to build this as a business and you don't want the pressure on yourself, but it's like, you know, how much do you want to like, you, you, you define success, right. You know, at that point. So, um, but yeah, I'm looking for the grants, you know, cause they're the bigger ones. Um, but then yeah. there's a level of, I still do things for pleasure. I still do things that are coming to me that are businesses that I shouldn't do, but I'm trying to stop doing that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. A lot of projects come that are like great for me that I'm like, wow, they want to see what I can do as an artist. Great. Then I can flourish. And then I'm still trying to get grow to that like bigger level of painting bigger buildings and yeah, do a few of those a year. And then, you know, it opens the door for me to like dive back into the studio, which is like the next step of where I need to go kind of too. Nice. Well, Steven, this has been uh, an amazing <laughs> podcast and, and thank you so much for bringing your a game and um we'll leave with uh, one final question and that's kind of one that i i ask most of my guests if you could give advice to a younger muralist in in particular um or a younger version of yourself what would that be hey uh, that second part got me yeah. Uh, let's see. I think a lot of the things I said today were really important and I was gearing towards younger muralists and art, younger artists who are like in all those positions that I've kind of been in through the timeline of what I'm doing. And um, so I think a lot of those points were, were big is just like staying, staying at it. If you feel it um, like it takes time and I'm like, I'm amazed at the growth because like, you know, as they grow, you know, as the years progress, I'm still like amazed at like what can happen over time. It takes a long time. You hone in your, your, your skills is like the most important thing. And when you're ready to flourish, I think like the best thing is to like, just work, give yourself the time to like, see what you're doing, you know, make a lot of shit. Right. a lot of garbage, you know? Yeah. And, uh, just, just seek through it, you know, be inspired, but then like find something that like speaks to you and then like follow it. 
just follow that path. You know, it's not, it's not so much you, it's just like find those moments where you're like, I'm feeling good to do this and you're doing it and like, let it, let it flow, you know, like just speak it from the, speak it deep, you know, it sounds cliche, but just like speak it from your heart, dude. Literally yeah. it's, um, it's hard to open up, but like the more that you do it, you know, it's like muscle memory. It's like practice. So, you know, you teach yourself, you get more in that rhythm of like getting closer to it all the time. You're never going to get there ever. Right. That's it. Yeah. There we go. For a never ending chase. So there you go. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Nice. Yes, I agree. Well, um, yeah. go check out Steven at Steven Teller arts on Instagram. Yep. Steven Teller arts on Instagram, Facebook. Thank you so much, Steven. And, um, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash rtaf podcast and i want to thank all my patrons you guys keep this engine running i couldn't do it without you go over there and check out the tiers i have available includes video uh, guest suggestions uh, patron only posts and some merchandise thank you again for listening please rate review subscribe do all those little things that help get rtaf into the consciousness of more and more people. Shout! 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 Shout!